Hello and welcome to the bonus episode of the Main Protagonist Podcast, uh, where we have zero planning, uh, but one singular goal. The the, the boozes episode. The, the, I can't combine bonus and booze. Whatever. Boozes. Bonus booze. We drink! As uh, the, I will uh, promptly uh, illustrate... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wanted to illustrate by holding it to the microphone. Um, well, sorry, I caused an explosion. <laughs> And I think I'm, I, I'm just slapping <laughs> a ball to the glass. Yes, once again, it is, once again, it is me, Casper, the main protagonist, and also Petri. The drunkard friend. The also protagonist, because this is the bonus episode that didn't come <laughs> We're up with evenly it. protagonistic. Yes, absolutely. And we are joined today by QB, who went unaddressed in the previous episode. We'll keep it that way. And also uh, a, se- a secondary cat. My actual cat. I, uh, I have released him from his uh, eternal prison. Cheers. So maybe he's spy- whole spites. But sure, do the whole bottle. Why not? <laughs> what are we drinking? Uh, I just got a regular Grohl's double. Some double beer. And double that. beer, yes. Uh, I got some old Jenever. <laughs> uh, or in uh, actual alcohol uh, speak. Uh, it tastes like some sort of whiskey, but it has more taste. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I'll keep, I'm keeping it that way. I swear I haven't drunk yet. <laughs> Liquor opinions. Ah, tasty. And we have some donuts. Oh yeah, absolutely. They can't quite see it, but we have them. Yes. I had yeah. my lunch by now, but uh, touchy topic is still, uh, touchy subject is still cancelled. Oh yes, definitely. It has been hit by cancel culture. <laughs> we'll do it next time or whenever. Touchy subjects are bound to run out anyway, so. Yeah. Uh, but we're here so, to criticize your uh, the god-awful taste in anime. Yes, because in a previous episode we had the idea of running through each other's any list and we discovered that it was so much fun dissecting uh, Petri's list that we didn't actually get to mine. Or we could have, but then the episode would have been three and a half hours long. Yeah, I, I think that was one of our longest episodes. I believe that one was already two and a half hours, almost three. So uh, let's not uh, yeah, try and uh, reach for that one. So uh, we're doing your list separate because you have quite a bit more on your list, I believe. I do think so, yes. At least certainly in terms of actual people. Yeah, some of them are very self-explanatory, but you still want to have a story to tell about them, I'm sure. So uh, I'll uh, I'll just start uh, with anime. I'll, uh, I'll say what anime you can defend yourself and I'll tell you why you're stupid for having that opinion. <laughs> Okay, that sounds like a plan, yes. Uh, only downside for some of them I don't... <laughs> I can't really criticize. I mean, I can superficially criticize. I can criticize, but my heart wouldn't be in it. <laughs> no, definitely not. Yeah, so, I had uh, some of those as well last time around. First uh, is Higurashi. What, what can I say? Higurashi <laughs> is really um, one of the most uh, prominent anime that I've ever seen. Um it is one of the longer longer shows that I'm actually really fond of. Usually I'm more of a, a short anime guy, like one season. Uh, but Higurashi, I have totally explored. I've rewatched it so many times because it's so such a story that's so dear to me. Uh, and I... Uh, Another time travel one. I, yeah, and I'm pretty sure you know, uh, or I know why you'd like it so much. Because I have the same fondness, not on the same level for this particular show. But because it's uh, very contrasty in, uh, well, contrast to other shows around that time and probably shows you've watched. I'm, I'm coming off from the point here that you're probably 
watched this fairly early on. Not exactly, actually. Not fairly early? No. No, oh. not even actually. I think the entire series was kind of done. I didn't start watching it until the... No, I meant uh, anime in general. No. Then uh, you didn't even watch it early in uh, your anime generally? No, I had to watch it because the manga gamer was doing the remakes of the visual novels and I worked sure. for uh, Lion Horror, which was probably around 2011. Uh, so I was like, well, fuck, if I gotta review this, I better know what the hell I'm talking about. So I watched the series. Yes. And it it hit me really hard. It, it I do get your point. It was really hard contrast uh, against the Moe culture of the mid-2000s. Yeah, and just the general tone, because there was really nothing like it. I mean, Corpse Party would be the closest thing I'd imagine, and that's yeah. a little bit later. Yeah, Corpse Party is, in the, is a good example as well. I've uh, read the manga for that. Yeah, um, I'm still planning on playing the game, but I'm very good at planning and never good at playing, so... <laughs> Getting on with that. Um, yeah, the, so <laughs> what in Higurashi is what you like so much? Mm, what I like in Higurashi the most is how much time it gets to really develop the characters. Uh, initially, when you start watching um, with the expectations that, uh, well, it looks very mid-2000s my way, um, it really takes its time to really delve into these characters, uh, who they are and how they came to be who they are. Yeah. And you get so many opportunities to explore that story from all these different angles and viewpoints as it's a time loop story, just like uh, Tatami Galaxy that we addressed in the main episode today. Um, yeah, that really appeals to me, getting to see all these different ways, uh, different views on the same characters. And that really begins to build a all for you in the understanding of who they are and why you like them. And uh, just to stoke the fire, because I have to, I'll uh, uh, pinch up my glasses to the bridge of my nose. I, w I wouldn't ask for your glasses yeah, just yet, but not drunk enough yet. Uh, push it up glasses. But what about the animation? Studio Dean is horrible. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's certainly true. Um, I think this is actually one of the animated in the score. I just deliberately just put down a blank score instead of the usual mathematical balance that any list yeah. uses. Uh, I, uh, I just want to add there that uh, with Higurashi Go releasing that I just generally appreciate the old one more. Yeah, we've had a few discussions about yeah. that, that the rough animation of Studio Dean actually really, really fitted well. Because the manicness uh, pours better or pours through better. And with the Moe-ass freaking animation style, what was it, Citrus Feel, one of those studios, with the new one, it just, even when they're mad, it kind of still looks Moe. <laughs> so it doesn't mm. feel really, uh, yeah, it doesn't really it's feel degenerate. It's telling uh, that we in the main episode addressed that uh, Higurashi is crossing over with Klanat. Ah, uh, yeah. That is, uh, that is Moe as satire combined with Moe as actual Moe. Moe. That's, yeah. mm. Well, next on would be uh, Elfin Lead. Yep. <laughs> oh, I got to criticize a lot about this one because, let's be honest, <laughs> that's shit. This is very much my guilty pleasure pick, but I have seen Elfin Lead probably seven or eight times, and I could probably go home and just fire up again right away. Uh, this is actually one of the first anime I ever bought. I don't know if I ever told that on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair. It'll fly. <laughs> uh, to be fair, that's almost the same for me. I haven't uh, rewatched it that many times, but I've watched it about three times by now. Uh, yeah. As far as shows go that just revel in ultraviolence, Elf Elite actually does some interesting things with its story. Its characters are 
really cool and I think a lot of the drama is built up sufficiently so it's not just melodrama for the sake of it. No. Uh, yeah, it's definitely the phase where uh, the edge factor started to creep in. Just the, the shock porn, let's yeah. just say. Yes, but that's, this still handled this... it at least decently. Yeah. It, it's... I think it's just decent because it's the progenitor to it. And the violence, when it happens, is really well done. I really fucking love the, just the brutality of it. Yeah, but when you remember it, it's pretty much just a love story about two cousins who really want to fuck each other but don't want to tell each other. Kind of get creepy. Uh, the anime doesn't really go there very much. It does from the perspective of uh, Denise, uh, but... Kota himself doesn't really reciprocate that very directly. No. It's mostly just about uh, Detroit, just the relationship between Kota and uh, New. 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 Yeah, just general. <laughs> the storytelling isn't particularly great, I think. I like the tension of it. Yeah. It, because you have this constant looming knowledge that uh, New could be triggered at any moment to go back into Lucy and you don't know what she will do and to whom she will do it. Yeah, it, it, the problem I have with uh, most of the storytelling is uh, all of the vector users, whatever their name was, they had a name, uh, Dy Dinocleus, something along those lines. Dino oh, fuck, man. Am <laughs> I actually forgetting it now? <laughs> I don't remember, actually. It is something along those lines. Yeah, on, let Di me... Dinocleus, something along those lines. Diclonius, that's Diclonius. That's Diclonius, yeah. I got hooked into the second letter. <laughs> yeah. No, Diclonius, they are very underdeveloped, but that's also kind of part of who they are because they are usually kind of separated from everything else. Uh, I remember from the manga, there's this fantastic scene where it's like the biggest revelation and uh, a new character, just a giant plot revelation at like second. Yeah, I don't fucking care, schlock. <laughs> Yeah, and definitely well animated by Studio Arms. Studio Arms just does what it does. <sighs> did what it did. Did what it did, yes. Oh, that's they, they don't really have a dip in quality, I think. It's usually pretty sturdy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You can't really fault them for anything animation-wise. Elfleet also, gotta admit, um, that is one of the strongest first episode hooks ever. The escape from the laboratory is such a fucking good scene. Just, just a Dumbass, Karen. The third-party mm. characters are sometimes a bit annoying. Everybody, I have coffee. Yes, everybody will watch that. Will watch like episode one was completely hooked on it. Just I, the violence alone. Yeah, a friend of mine who generally hates anime has two anime. One is Elfleet, the other is Giver. <laughs> I just like ultra violence. That's Every, my character. Everybody who who saw that was hooked in, and I definitely was one of them. I kind of uh, glossed over one point with Higurashi, I just uh, I just realized. Also donuts. Donuts. Donuts! Yeah, you, let me help you with that. Uh, yeah, Higurashi, I uh, forgot to hook on one point. The fucking English voice acting, my dude! My dude! My right? dude! You wanna know something? What? I was really hard in an English face uh, during uh, when I watched Higurashi. Of course you were. So I watched it in English. Uh, yeah, I have watched, I think I saw three episodes, and then I just kind of gave up. I couldn't take it seriously. I mean... <laughs> Understandably. I it think was... I could make a convincing, more convincing Rika than the voice actors who did Rika. Mm. It was kind of bad, kind of bad. 
And how is the donut tasting? Shit, son, you didn't lie. I did not lie. That's tasty as donuts. Uh, these aren't from Duncan, are they? No, Dutch. Hmm. And uh, then we move on to one I literally can't fault anyone for liking. Azubanga. Azubanga. You can There's literally nothing to say there. It's just almost... It's pretty much the perfect comedy anime. Yes. Uh, literally, when I first watched Azumanga, it had me laughing in the first seconds. Because you get this scene of Chio uh, walking to the school and passing all these students uh, who are much taller than there, and the footstep noises for it. Bleep, 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 yeah. Little ploopy noises. I was fucked me up right away. Yep. And the entire show is like that. It's yeah. Kind of I can't really fault anything about it. I mean, even after years after watching, I'm still referencing its humor, so. There's not a lot to say there. I try, I'm trying not to chew into the fucking microphone like a fucking barbarian. Ah! Ech. Yeah, no, I knew you would get that. I, I also have the manga, and that's another one of my... I think the manga is actually also on my <laughs> favorites list. <laughs> well, consider it discussed. <laughs> uh, yeah, here's one I hate. Maho Shoujo Lyrical Nanaha... Defend yourself, please! I'm eating my donut. I don't care, I want to stab you to death! I'm trying to deep throat this donut, man. Oh, why? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, Lyrical Nano has one that we watched together, we watched the first season. And you were just so hard done. I was like, I'm gonna get this chance. I was miserable watching that. But I think Ace uh, really builds off of the framework that uh, the first season laid out. Uh, I want to remind you that the entire first season is a framework. As in, literally every character has the same framework, just with an extra fucking d dingle of hair somewhere. Yeah, the character design in the first season was... Uh... Shite. Mm. Don't spin around it. <laughs> Shite. It was uniform. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If school uniforms were people... <laughs> Live and Anna would be the school uniform. But yeah, season uh, season two builds off of that, and it does it really well. It has a new story, uh, which takes the characters in a very unexpected new direction. It has a very strong core character in uh, um, Hayate Yagami, a disabled girl who accidentally finds a magical tome, and she summons four knights into the world who begin helping her. Uh, and that leads into a very dramatic story that I grew to be really fond of, which had some really strong characters and uh, yeah. also fixed a lot of the problems with the character design. Every time I hear someone talking about it, I hear just the ridiculous parts, so I can't take it seriously anymore, or rather really don't want to watch the rest of it. Like uh, the beautiful part where two lesbians get a child. <laughs> that's in Strikers. Yeah, but still, that's still lyrical not of that's my point. Every time I hear something about Nanoha, I'm just like, this is ridiculous, man. <laughs> I watch anime, but this is ridiculous. Mm. Yeah, just like, uh, the first season really didn't gel well with me. On to, uh, did well. You ever, did you ever go back for more? Oh, fuck no. I couldn't stand the first one. Literally from episode one, I'm like, yeah, okay, I know exactly what's going to happen. I remember how spitefully you informed me when you had uh, acquired uh, the new movie for me. Yes. The, near f the first of the new movie trilogy. <laughs> Just like I'm spiteful oh. as fuck with um, uh, 
Panzer Girls. <laughs> Because I fucking hate the titles of them. Oh yeah, the finale. Part one. What do you want, man? It's a long finale. If it's got the finale, make it a finale. It's a multi-chapter finale. Well, go stab yourself. Well, if you talk about the next bit for a while, uh, explain your relation to it, then I'll retort after I've washed my hands of donut goo. <laughs> sure. Uh, well, the next one would be show bits, which uh, I don't have a strong opinion about either or <laughs> either way or the other. Um, I've seen it, but the problem is, I think my issue with Chobits is that I've watched it relatively late. It's not one of the first anime I've watched, so uh, usually people uh, watch it very early on and then they enjoy it a lot more. But uh, just the inadequacy of the <laughs> some of the characters in that show really make it annoying to watch from a storytelling perspective. Alright, so everything you said is wrong. <laughs> okay, um... why so? How is the main character not an enormous idiot? Is that really important? He's just a very caring dude who moves to the city uh, to attend a cram school because he fell short of making it into university. There's a lot of characters uh, in oh, yeah. way to do that. Oh yeah, definitely. But <laughs> the role he fills is just being a fucking retard. Let's be honest, I wouldn't make it into a university either. Look at me. Oh, you could get it. You, you, academically, you could. <laughs> just socially, you wouldn't. <laughs> you would be eaten up. Emotionally, I wouldn't. Oh, that too. If I go back to school, oh no. Yeah, I'm still in school, man. Ah, uh, no, uh, Chobits, I really enjoyed. I think it's a very beautiful show. Uh, it's very clamp. Very clamp, but uh, which it has is a blessing and a fucking curse, by the way. I am really fond of its sci-fi mystique. It really takes the sci-fi concepts it has, uh, which is that. Uh, in the future, uh, instead of smartphones, you have smart androids that are called Chobits, which are basically uh, uh, com everything, technology, computers, smartphones, email, everything wrapped into a little robot helper. Little robot helper. Uh, yeah. She is small, but uh, yeah. also the extra small versions. Yeah, you're right. But um. it's just an Android person and it explores how a world like that. Uh, would be shaped by uh, would be shaped in terms of love as people who are increasingly drawn to these human-like robots yeah, uh, begin to figure out that uh, there's a special socket uh, that's <laughs> compatible with their USB. Yeah, the the biggest issue I have is uh, how chobits uh, are supposed to be so ubiquitous, yet there is fairly little uh, sign of them being uh, anywhere else besides the main characters. Oh no, man, there's fucking... In the show, you don't see that much. Yeah, man, everywhere they go, and like every street scene, people are walking in pairs of two. They always have Chobits with them. Yeah, but they don't... Uh, uh, a lot of them are couples, too. Hey, kitty, don't. <laughs> That's steal? my water. You don't get to steal my water. Have my water anytime. Don't offer my cat your water. <laughs> But yeah, I really like how it um, tells these stories of all the different people and how the existence of Chobits has um, affected them. Oh. And also the main story of... Uh, ah, show yourself to the camera instead of your ass. And don't He's grab stuck my in your wires. Yeah. Yeah. Tomo! 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 
And also just the relationship between Hideki and Chi, and how that develops, and the mystery around who she is and why she's such a different model. Yeah. Uh, I kept calling them Chobits, by the way. They're not called Chobits. No, uh, it's Persicoms. I was about to say, I didn't think so, but I... No, I, I just kind of went with the title in my mind <laughs> and I didn't realize I was saying it wrong. I'm under pressure here, man. I'm being interrogated. <laughs> and, uh, I'm cracking. Well, shit, man. I want to kind of uh, use the Japanese title, but I uh, honestly don't know if you would <laughs> know which anime I'm talking about. <sighs> Horus, the Prince of the Sun. Yes, Horus, Prince of the Sun, also known as the Little Norse Prince. Also known as Tayono Oji, Horus no Daiboken. No, I wasn't have recognized that, but I got the same picture open, so... I could have acted smart, I could have... Ah. You could have acted like you're smart. Damn. Failed again. Failed again. Foiled. Foiled by my own stupidity. No, that's a movie we watched together, and you yeah. were kind of muted on it, probably because a lot of the movies around that time were very similar. Yeah, it, it, it did something extra, I agree with that. It's better than the usual riffraff we watch around that time. Maybe it's a bit... A bit Phantom, go Phantom Ghost Ship. Oh god. Maybe it's a bit unfair to say it's riffraff, because it still went a lot of work into it, but it was really in its infancy by that point. And uh, Horus did something pretty... Uh, yeah, different by that time. Yeah, it was... More development. It was a very daring story. I believe this was actually made by Isao Takahata. Huh. Well, that explains a lot, actually. I'm actually gonna click that open, but yeah, it's a story of uh, a young boy uh, whose father is killed and he receives a premonition uh, that he is destined to return to an overseas place that has been taken over by uh, an evil sorcerer and he has to liberate these people. Um, and once he gets there, uh, all kinds of uh, different uh, developments happen, uh, including some that are surprisingly political as he tries to kind of integrate into the village and people are catching on that he's a big deal but some of the existing big deals aren't very pleased with him I don't know it's also just a visually very amazing movie yeah it was actually directed by Isao Takata yes that explains actually a lot about storytelling scene designed by Hayao Miyazaki ah dear christ yeah no airplanes, please no airplanes. It kind of look, it kind of looks wonky in still frames, but when you see it in action, a lot of the scenes are just very gorgeous. Like when they first uh, break the dam and uh, all the fish return to the valley. That's yep. a, such a good scene with so swelling music. Yeah, uh, one we really don't have to talk about because we're pretty much aligned uh, entirely in uh, opinion is Rojin Z. Rojin Z. Oh, oh man. Is that? <laughs> don't you see me, motherfucker? This is the artificial conflict. This is <laughs> that's the most conflict I can muster up for Rogan. Yes, this is very uh, improvised rage against each other. Yeah. Oh man, that movie was so great. We literally fucking laughed all the way. I was in fucking pain from how much we laughed. And <laughs> yes, that movie was freaking genius. I still get because I believe the score ain't actually that high. Yeah, I was about to say the average score is only 68. Yeah, I totally disagree with that. I think yeah. this is one of like one of the best movies I've ever seen. I like the the, the joke in the beginning, um, where it says that the calligraphy was done by. Um, oh, Katsuhiro Otomo. Otomo, yeah, that was done by Otomo, but the entire fucking movie is his child. <laughs> I just like the fucking gall of it. Yeah, it's a beautiful cyberpunk movie. It definitely is, and I, can, I appreciate that it kind of digs into like the cyberpunk themes, the morality. Uh, but then it's also just a very fun movie. It's not like cyberpunk grim. No, it uh, it takes a nice turn for uh, comedy. Comedy. 
most time. Fuck it. Yeah, even just the small things, like the like the friend group with the guy uh, that's constantly trying to get laid. <laughs> yes, <laughs> just little. Uh, I mean, that's still a very uh, a character trope that gets used a lot. Uh, maybe it's a little bit different, but the the very uh, the guy that always nudges. <laughs> nudges, help me. Yeah, the push-up guy. It just uh, the, keeps going uh, uh, nudging the main character or someone else for oh, a particular yeah. thing. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I still very much love Coaching Z. See, whatever you want to say. Yeah, that's definitely one of the most. Once we're done with our little movie journey, uh, Rogen Z, Z, whatever you want, <laughs> is uh, probably one of the first things we're gonna be revisiting. Yes, definitely. Uh, which leads to uh, Recuity Honey, which, uh, yeah, I can't say anything about. I haven't watched anything to, of it besides maybe some openings. Recuity Honey is uh, one of the longest running Magical Girl series, starting in 1963, I believe. Uh, and one of the cool things is that um, a lot of different studios have been able to adapt it to different time zones. Uh, time zones. Uh, time <laughs> periods. Time periods, yes. We adapted it <laughs> for GST 3 plus 3. <laughs> Uh, and Re-Cutie Honey is Gynax's attempt at, uh, ah, at so the series. <laughs> big cost-shaped explosions and such. Absolutely, <laughs> it's completely fucking bonkers. Love it. Uh, it's also uh, actually directed by Hideaki Anno. Okay. So uh, it's really the top tier of what Gynax was producing around the time, put into an established series, and it, it really works wonderfully. Or a more cartoon uh, because what we got before that was a shoujo take in 1997 and before that we got like a edgy 90s uh, cyberpunk take on it okay so this was a very interesting return to uh, shonen hard shonen fair enough then uh, we uh, move on to uh, <laughs> my, Simone. my gayest anime on this list probably yeah it, it, it'll moan all right hmm I've literally watched, I think, three minutes of the show, and I'm like, nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> this shit ain't doing it for me. <laughs> it's literally chicks kissing an orb. Oh, man, that's like 90% of your Pornhub uh, search history, I take it. <laughs> I'm trying to think how that would even end. <laughs> what? I'm trying to visualize, but <laughs> I can't find anything, man. Yeah, no, it's... Uh, uh, you haven't seen much of Simone, then? No, uh, mm. at all. I know it's robots and they need to be lesbians. <laughs> well, they can only be lesbians. There are only females in this world, I believe. Yeah, it's a very... Uh, everybody in the world is born female and it chronicles uh, a war story between different nations. Um, with the main one it focuses on is a theocracy that worships uh, all technology. Ah, the Brotherhood of Steel, okay. And they are the only ones that get that technology. Brotherhood of Steel! <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Uh, and uh, each country has its own way of dealing with the problem that everybody is born female. And uh, these, uh, this country also has the best solution in that you can just magic yourself the other gender. <laughs> while everybody else gets painful surgeries and stuff. Oh my god. Or just hormones stamped into them at birth. Uh, so this country is very fortu uh, fortunate and uh, prosperous. Uh, so its neighbors uh, launch war against it. And it follows the exploits of uh, a unit of soldiers that uh, control the ancient technology which only works while they're still uh, non-binary. Okay, okay. And uh, yeah, it's a very LGBT-directed anime, but it does so uh, while still being a very cool sci-fi 
uh, story made by Studio Dean. But, ah, uh, horrible. <laughs> but to no, to no graphical. Uh, yeah, I was about downsides. to say normally you can spot it, but uh, this time I, the, from the little image I have, I couldn't say uh, it was Dean. Um, it is heavy on the sci-fi uh, and CGI. I meant it is heavy on CGI, so maybe that balances it out a bit. Yeah. It also has one of the most kick-ass soundtracks that I've listened to in a while. I know that I'm not much of... Uh, I know that you t don't take my music taste very... <laughs> I'll, I'll listen regard. to it and uh, probably hate it. <laughs> because I'm pretty sure I'm never going to watch this anime. It has some sick-ass orchestra, yo. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, well, uh, on to the next anime, totally not skipping one. Gingaeo Descends to uh, <laughs> Legend of the Galactic Heroes. Yes, Gulls and Panzer. No! Oh, man, what is there to say no! about Gulls and Panzer no, no, that no, has no, no, already no, no, been no, said? No, 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 no. <laughs> I deny Gulls and Panzer. Okay, we've already had an hour-long discussion on Gulls and Panzer. I think my viewpoints are very clear. Yes. Yes. Fuck off. Uh, Petri has been totally debunked. <laughs> the, the, the ah, yes, that's what it is. Ah, yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. The right, the right. Yes, yes. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, Ginga Eu then said, oh, oh sorry, Legend of the Galactic Heroes. Yes, which has been misspelled in its own title screens as Legend of the Ga Galactic Island. <laughs> that's almost as bad as Chrono uh, uh, Crusade. He's trying to think. Yeah, what's wrong the, with Chrono Crusade? They spelled it C-H-R-N-O. <laughs> Chrono. Chrono. Because they copyrighted Chrono, but not Chrono Crusade. So every time it's, uh, uh, if you look at the anime, it says Chrono Crusade. And then you look at the trademarks, Chrono Crusade. <laughs> well, you can also just be completely inept. Yes. Oh, I love it. No. Uh, yeah, Legend Legend Galactic Heroes. Uh, I don't if think you want to be a politician... I don't think that needs to be defended. It's like one of the most respected sci-fi series in anime history. And I pretty much mirror what everybody else has praised about it. It's a long series, very political, uh, interesting characters, completely unfollowable by how many characters it begins to accrue, but... And it has the emotional punch to make that all work. Okay. Really good series. Then we move on to uh, Toradora. Yeah, uh, yes, I, I know you hate this, so lay it on me. Tell me what's wrong with Toradora. Ah, fuck you. <laughs> it's made by uh, the, the JC stuff. That's the biggest issue it has. Hmm. <laughs> In my eye. Nice no, try. I, I can't critique Toradora. You know this damn well. <laughs> uh, no, I totally agree. Toradora is just one of the best romance anime. I've, I've kind of put it off out of spite because it kept being recommended to me and I'm a childish cunt. <laughs> and then I just... Uh, came up uh, uh, at Christmas like, bitch, we watching. We watching. <laughs> oh, and boy, did we watch. Yes. I've actually watched it in between uh, because we watched it for that one time and then we watched it in a different Christmas uh, year. It's always Christmas in the year. But ah, Christmas. <laughs> uh, but I actually watched it between that, so I've watched it three times in a very short span because it's such Motherfucker, a Motherfucker, I've watched it three times in the span of three days then, back then. I watched it with Rolf, with Robin, and with you. <laughs> I was so dumb. I, I cannot match this man in sheer love for the series. I try, but he has me outloved. Somebody has to. No. So, uh... Yeah, th there's not much to say about that one. No, if you want to watch a romance anime, you'd be crazy to skip Toradora. 
Yes. Don't skip it, even out of spite. Ah, the church has uh, joined us. Ah, Christianity. <laughs> How I've missed you. No, did you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've I specifically decided not to come on a Sunday to try and avoid this. <laughs> I I'm tanking tr parking costs right now, man. You wouldn't believe. Um, yeah, no, the the only I've seen some bad reviews of uh, Toradora, but they and themselves are bad reviews because they're they're just uh, harping on it for being good, pretty much. I don't know what I would hook into if I wanted to criticize Toradora. I mean, there's a few instanced moments that I think would be, are yeah, worth but critiquing. I hate when people uh, look at this like the characters are all grown up uh, and can uh, approach every situation perfectly. Yes, they're going to be crass. They're 16, 17 and 18 year olds. They're going to make bad decisions. That's just part of the issue. Yeah, good points. Yeah, and totally I, agree. Um, I really like how Toradora balances that out in a good way that it doesn't annoy me because uh, the I'm going to go off target here. Entirely. No, by all means. Uh, Karate Kid, the movie out of uh, 2010 that had um, uh, the son of uh, Will Smith in it. James oh Smith. yeah, the remake. Yes, and he was an annoying fucking ass brat in that movie, but he was an annoying ass fucking brat. <laughs> That's the entire point of it. So he acted it perfectly. But he was still annoying to me. Because he acted perfectly for what he was supposed to be. Tora Dora still portrays the issues of being young and crass and making bad decisions. But not in a way that it would be uh, would come on as annoying. Which I find... Uh, no, I didn't find the characters annoying. No, not at all. And that's the point. That's a certain mm. skill. To be able to story tell a story about characters making dumb choices, but not making it annoying to the one who's watching it. Yeah, yeah, I've definitely seen shows that fall on the wrong side of that track. Yes, I really... Orgaihu, uh, I'm not going to say the entire title. It's yeah, I know what you mean. That one is so annoying to me, because every character is just a bothersome someone. <laughs> they bother me. Um... I mean, everyone has uh, some character traits that are defining and not perfect. That's obvious. Every Nobody can be perfect. But Orgairu takes it to a point where that one flaw in that character is uh, presented as their entire character. Yeah. And that's just, then you're just going to un get annoyed by that character. Kind of like, the, uh, it's kind of sounds like you're describing the inverse of what I tried to make a point out of in Higurashi. Igarashi presents itself as very simplistic on the front, and then you explore the depth of the of those characters, and it does Precisely. so very quickly, so you don't get lured into the sense that oh, this is shallow. Exactly. And this and uh, this sounds like it sounds like a smart show, but then you get into it, and it's just very simplistic. Yeah, and very annoying characters, like uh, Ryuji from Toradora. He has a shortfall in that he is an absolute clean freak. He cannot stand anything that's dirty. Yeah. But, that but that's not an annoying point. That's more of an endearing point. Yeah. And it's not like you watch him throughout the, what is it, 26 episodes, I believe? Yeah. It's not like you watch him literally every episode cleaning something. No. And that's what I like. Everyone has shortcomings and uh, making decisions that uh, harm them maybe in the long term. But it's not the main focal point. And you can uh, watch around it without being annoyed by it. Yeah, I think it really builds up well, um, these characters, it builds them up really well so that when 
Uh, these character these character traits begin to get super relevant in the later part of the series. Uh, you are invested in those character traits. Yes. Uh, but before we talk another hour about Toradora... Hello, this is a Toradora special. <laughs> this is uh, the battery takes to... <laughs> uh, takes to lead and uh, just fucking runs with it. Jinryu wa suitaishimashita. Humanity has declined. Oh, and has it. <laughs> yeah, I... I really can't fault you for that one either. I no. really like it. No, same. It's a very out there show, uh, both in terms of what its story is about and also its visuals. I believe you also really like the visuals, right? Yes, I love the visuals. I love the opening and ending. I love the soundtrack. Ba -da -ba -ba. Uh, I'm not uh -huh. gonna do the whole song. I'm gonna. Uh, I shouldn't be doing the dance. I already dislocated my shoulder once doing <laughs> that. <laughs> Not doing that again. We didn't record that one time that I did uh, Neon Pasu and you dislocated your fucking shoulder, did we? Ah, why do I dislocate my shoulder so much? I'm not sure if we recorded that, but that was very sad. <laughs> yes, I don't think we did, but yes. Um, yeah, that's a story that's really interesting and eccentric, but not to the point of just being random. Yeah, it's more the... What's a good... Uh, the Mononoke would be... Uh, so random, it's just kind of you're watching with a glazed over stare. Just oh, yeah, you mean, I know what you mean. Yeah, you're just watching that and you're like, I think that I know what's kind of happening, but humanity that has declined has a, an actual line of reason to follow. Yeah, I, the storylines are very, uh, the basic storylines are very easy to get your head around, but then everything that happens in them uh, really throws you for a loop. Yeah, I really like how nothing is perfect in the show, but it's uh, it's not the usual. It's not just Moe style. It's a, it has its own style. It has its own music. Everything is its own thing. It's yeah. not predict. It's not uh, particularly very good at any uh, any set thing. But uh, everything within its show has its own style, which makes it stand out. And I really really like that. I also appreciate that it's like a pleasant post-apocalypse story yes because the very the very basic premise of it is that well just through sheer happenstance humanity has begun to decline uh organization has become nearly impossible to keep going technology has been going backwards and now just the remnants of humanity are living out their final days yep the final few generations uh with increasingly little in terms of infrastructure and uh, organization and in their stead, there's a new magical race, and it follows uh, the story of a mediator who kind of acts as a between to help these fairies uh, live together with the remnants of humanity without them getting into fights and trouble and all that. Yeah, I just like how he is forced to be a mediator. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Literally the first episode, yeah, I'm just a happy girl, you're going to be a mediator, bitch. Uh, okay. <laughs> I guess I can do that. No questions asked, just rolls with it. Um, yeah, no, there's... I also <laughs> think you would like the main character just in general, because she is such a fucking... She is, she is a bitch, let's be honest. Yes, but she rolls with everything. <laughs> she just rolls with the situation and just is a bitch in her off time. She is very snarky and... Very snarky and uh, sarcastic, uh, yeah. but still gets roped into everything against her will. Yes. Yeah, I really like her as a character. But moving on. Figure 17. Yeah, I can't really criticize you on that. As I in, I haven't really watched it, and... You know. 
Yeah, I when we were walking back from the store with bread. Bread! Tasty bread and donuts. But that's uh, also tasty bread. I... <laughs> True. I remarked that uh, figure 17 is probably my Anohana. It's a sci-fi story about a little girl uh, who um, one night notices a spaceship crashing. Yeah. And she goes to help out, of, well, figure out what's happening there. Okay, I'm out- gonna cut in there. Up until that point, that really sounds like only guy teacher. I haven't watched Please Teacher. Uh, yeah, you don't want to. <laughs> we uh, we tried a solid three episodes here, and we, we, uh, all four of us were like, "No." You say, you say that I immediately recognized the cover, and then I recognized that I skipped on it hard. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, uh, yeah, but she goes to the where the spaceship crashed and she finds out that a bunch of monsters have been released and she accidentally touches um, a device that creates a clone of her. And this clone is a completely sentient uh, person. And uh, they begin to live together, uh, the clone and the girl. And they kind of both fight the aliens, uh, but also just help each other uh, develop, help this girl that's very anxious and... Uh, depressed girl uh, overcome her mental hurdles and find a place for herself socially. Okay. It's really good character exploration and just a really cool sci-fi. Um, yeah, I'm sci-fi series. It's somewhere in my list of wanting mm. to watch. And I drove you crazy by asking you to find the opening song for me because it has one of the best opening songs in anime for me. Was the that bo- uh, the boy? The, yeah, that was by the, the Alf- by the Alfie. Yeah, I was about to say that's the Alfie, right? Yeah, that was. I want to remind you that I found it on a Thai uh, sub-forum somewhere in page 8. <laughs> nice. I can't read Thai, by the way. <laughs> I'd be surprised if you could. Uh, the next show, Megumi Hayashibara, the movie, the show. Movie, the show? Yeah. <laughs> make a choice there, man. Um, how about you make a fucking choice, bitch? I'm pointing at Peter Jackson, King Kong, the official game of the movie. How about that make a fucking choice? Fair, fair, fair. <laughs> no, I put uh, Slayers next on the list, which is the second season of Slayers. Slayers is like one of the coolest uh, shonen fantasy series in anime. It has Megumi Hayashibara. It has Megumi Hayashibara, which immediately makes it top tier. I watched it in English, so I didn't get shit. Ha! You motherfucker! Ha! <laughs> I Get had to, ready for threats! I had to watch some of it in Japanese because some of the uh, prequel movies aren't translated. Correct. But it's a really fun fantasy series, uh, light-hearted, comedic, but also has its uh, serious in- moments, intenser storylines. I've, I've uh, watched what was it four episodes of the first series. Not dropped it. It's just postponed. But I really like just the fucking intense animations for when she uh, attacks. It's all lighthearted, and then they're like, yo, uh, might wanna fucking finish this monster? Looks at the clock. Ah, right! <laughs> fucking super extravagant uh, animation blows up the dragon. Aight. Aight. <laughs> this is nice. I do remember <laughs> that we were kind of fucked over because we were watching this series. Uh, and one of the most common things, like almost every minor, minor problem gets a fireball thrown at it. <laughs> And we were like, oh, we're going to go to the store. We're going to buy some Fireball, like the drink, which is... Yeah. Have you seen it? Uh, I, I haven't seen... Is that the episode where the shopkeeper goes nuts? No, no. Just okay. We literally go to the... We literally went to the supermarket. Oh, uh, yes. Like a store next to the supermarket, I should specify. 
uh, we got a bottle of Fireball, which is a yeah. cinnamon uh, shots drink. Uh, kind of spicy. I'm like, oh man, every time they're going to throw a Fireball, we're going to drink a Fireball. Uh-oh. They never again used Fireball, because we were some time in, and at that point, new magic. They'd learned new magic, which was stronger, so and yeah. never used Fireballs again. Fair. Uh, one thing uh, that makes Slayers Next a little bit nicer than the original season, uh, both its story is a lot cooler. It introduces one of the most fantastically voiced characters. Uh, and it is just that got... the purple hair chick? No, she is in the prequels. Okay. <laughs> no, uh, and it's a little bit more stable. In the first season, you have a few uh, questionable uh, animation moments, and in uh, Slayers Next, it's a lot more, it's a lot stronger and more coherent. And uh, they stopped switching voice actors all the bloody time. That also helps. Yeah. The first season just <laughs> you have this character, uh, Zogadis, who's the giant rock dude. And in the first season, he's like, I'm going to attack you. <laughs> I, yeah, the English voice acting of the first season particularly is pure gold. As in, it's obviously done by dudes who don't even know what they're doing. <laughs> he fucking whispers his uh, yes. his threats. That's, but uh, almost everyone has bad voice directing. I mean, Lena is fine. Yeah. But most others, I mean, oh, what's the main dude's name? Uh, main dude's Gory. Gory. Gory Gabriel. His, his English voice actor, he, he's just having fun. He's having fucking fun. <laughs> he, he obviously knows he's flubbing half the lines he's saying. <laughs> he don't care. Just roll with it, my dude. <laughs> I uh, love it. What fucks me up about the dub, though, uh, Lisa Ortiz is in that. Mm-hmm. And she is also the very next year in The Irresponsible Captain Tyler as two as three characters. Every time you hear her talk, as any of these three characters like, oh god, Getting Lena vibes. Okay, I'm going to speed up a little bit because we're just done with anime and we still have manga and characters to go. Um, Furumapuru, Pura. Uh, is yeah. that the one I read? I don't know if you read it. It's a uh, manga by Kokyo Shinsha, the writer behind um, I Can't Understand What My Husband Is Saying and Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Mate. Okay. Uh, it's a. Uh, it's a high school oh, comedy. Oh no, you you recommend it to me. Yeah, it's a high school comedy anime about a uh, a very outgoing girl uh, who befriends uh, a girl who's mute, completely mute, and she only communicates through signs. But they are all numbered signs, one through ten. I'm getting some vibes here from a show I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> Elaborate. You know exactly. Wh- no, well, I said show. I meant manga. <laughs> I'm getting some gomi fucking vibes from this shit. Oh uh, no, this is re- this is really fun, but she only communicates through numbered signs, and this girl is this extrovert is the only person who can kind of interpret what the numbers mean. Why does she not, you know, just learn sign language, just asking? Just complete obtuseness. Okay. Which is something I vibe with. <laughs> <laughs> it is true! <laughs> you are the most obtuse motherfucker I know. Oh no, the train doesn't ride from this middle station and I have to take a bus in fucking middle of August and nobody's in there. No, that's too scary. I'm turning back, motherfucker. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. There goes my weekend. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, you recommended it to me, but uh, as usual, I haven't made time for it. I understand. I'm, it's... I'm, I'm very good at not making time for stuff. I understand. It's not an enhanced eye, so I get why you haven't gotten to it yet. Fair enough. I'm not even going to argue! Nice, nice! <laughs> I own it! <laughs> Let's go. Soul Eater! Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's Soul Eater. Can you really argue? 
it's Soul Eater. The anime is fucking kick-ass, and the manga uh, fixes uh, <laughs> the few the few flaws of the TV series. Yeah, I'm just going to add. Uh, if it were me, uh, if you were, if you have the same taste in the, in the manga as me, as soon as you would read Fire Force, Fire Force would be here instead of Soul Eater, because in my eyes, Fire Force is a straight up great. It's just straight up. I could imagine because it's just the same author who's now got so much more experience. Yes. It, I think he got so much more experience. As it, it is kind of sad because I'm not shitting on My Hero Academia, but it has one of the options of the most um, uh, diverse and creative powers. Yeah. Literally, still, uh, literally anything's possible. Yes. But still, Fire Force feels so much more creative in how they use powers, and they are literally limited to only fire powers. But the way the writer uses them, which still makes sense, is amazing. I really like it. Would you say that um, I should watch or read Soul uh, Fire Force? Fire, <laughs> Force. Fire Soul Force <laughs> Eater. <laughs> I mean, I really like the soundtrack. It's the the anime isn't done yet, but what it has put out is freaking gorgeous. You always make fun that I struggle with Japanese, but I just struggle in general. <laughs> Same! <laughs> <laughs> I just struggle, my man. No, I um, I think for general, uh, if you want to go through the story, obviously read the manga. That's just easier. But if you really want to enjoy, because I really think the animation adds to it, the fight scenes are drop-dead beautiful. There are not many uh, anime or fighting animations where I'm like, this is real, real good, but this is some top-tier shit. Soul Eater already had some phenomenal fight choreography, so I could definitely see how the same author, artist, with a few more years of experience. Yeah, I really like how uh, the choreography here is not just between Fire Force users. They're also just normies that fight here. You have this fucking nutcase who uh, the, just chooses to fight the dudes who can spit literal fire at him in his firefighting suit. Just like, come on, bitch, let's wrestle. <laughs> I really like the characters. Oh, that reminds me, of, I recently watched Mob Psycho 100, and there's this one guy in the... Uh, there's one psychic who just has a gun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, that, that, oh, that fits right in. It's just that I can't uh, handle Mob Psycho. I really want to watch it, but I know I'll get indiscriminately angry at this fucking show. Fair. I can't handle manipulation plot points and this dude's just getting manipulated. But, oh, absolutely. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> it gets it gets into that, but I get why it would still be bothered even if it addresses it meaningfully. Yeah. I, I know it will. Kind of the same uh, Brian had that with uh, A Silent Voice. He couldn't handle it because of the bullying. He just couldn't like it. I respect that. I respect that. And also that he tried, at least. Yeah. And I, I can uh, I can agree with that because uh, it, it, it's still a really good redemption arc, but if you really don't want, uh, like any of those points, yeah, then it's kind of hard to swallow. This kind of makes me thinking if I ever watched something that I disagreed with on a fundamental level, which really just bothered, oh man, it's coming up. <laughs> I see it on this list. <laughs> Let's go. Okay, well, uh, next is Hulk. Uh, I first want to say that I like what I read, but it gets... It's very drawn out for what it is, in my opinion. It's a long fantasy series. Yeah, not not per se that it's long, but the, many of the plot points feel a bit drawn out for no particular reason. 
Oh, right. That is a bit difficult for me to say because I was so invested in it that I really... I. No, I got to the point. Oh, where was I? Because I can imagine it because you have first have this tournament uh, storyline, which is really just a red herring for the rest of the show. Yeah, uh, but it goes on quite a while and it gets you in the mood for comedy. Uh, I'm, I'm trying I to can think where I left off. maybe see where that could throw you off. I think I left at the... Where was it? Did uh, you get to the island? Yes, they yeah. were on the island together. And he, uh, <laughs> I just like how Mushy doesn't want him around. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, I made a house for you. You fucking want now? I made a house for you. No sleep. I'll sleep outside. <laughs> she just flabbergasted. Helk is uh, a fancy story about a guy, uh, about demons. It's very this guy I like. It's about the land of demons. And recently a human hero came by and killed one of their uh, lords. So they're throwing a competition to find to, a new demon lord. To find a new demon lord. And one of the competitors is the human hero. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he just popped in and he insists on participating. And But I like... Uh, how? Nah, well, not oblivious. He's obviously not oblivious He's to not, everything. He, but they're like, we don't trust you. I know. That's fine. <laughs> he is very aware of how he is perceived. And he rolls with it really well. Yes. But it's about the central dynamic between this. Uh, as he gains in popularity and people are starting to warm up to him. There's this one uh, demoness, uh, Red Vermirio, who completely rejects him. Uh, and of course, they get really stuck together as the rest of the plot uh, takes off. And it transforms into quite a good fantasy story. Yes. Uh, uh, I get why you may have been slightly burned out because the first part takes a while, but I... Yeah, I'd imagine if I go any further than I was, I'd probably enjoy it. But uh, once again, it's I'm very good at postponing shit. I haven't dropped it because I still want to finish it. Okay, that's good to know. Because, uh, yeah, as you said it was pretty near and dear to your heart, so I'm at least finishing it, even if I fucking hate it by the end of it. Do you um, did you ever see that I have the manga actually at home? Yes. Yeah, I imported it from Japan, the complete collection. Uh, it's in Japanese, but wow, it's the crown piece of my collection. It's such a good series. And I can imagine. A really nice collection. Yeah, I'm still happy with these puppies. Oh, the, yeah. the Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z manga box sets. Mm -hmm. Because this, uh, I believe these are the last actual sets released. After this is just omnibuses. Mm -hmm. And these are the last uncensored versions. Oh yeah, you showed me that. Yeah, and it's not just that part that's uncensored. But that's just the part that Robin keeps remembering. <laughs> so that's how I remember it. Bookmarked. <laughs> no, it's not bookmarked, you motherfucker. No, it's... Uh, but, but yeah, I'm really still happy with these. Although I kind of coerced Robin into giving them to me. <laughs> what's, that, uh, what's it called in English? Azel's Order? Donkey's Ears? Does that actually apply? I don't... Dunce? Possibly. I think that's <laughs> it, yeah. I just imagine him finding that uh, shot of Wilma. <laughs> yes! Oh! <laughs> yeah, just uh, nicking the page. <laughs> yeah, I kind of coerced him into giving me uh, this. Because at the time he was out of work and we kind of still go, uh, uh, go everywhere and buy games. And by this point I had spent like 300 euro euros for him. And he kind of felt, uh, well, dickish for that. So he gave me the, uh, the box sets because I wanted them years ago, but my mother wouldn't let me buy them. <laughs> so I'm really happy that I got them now and he's never getting them back. <laughs> Uh, next one brings us back to a familiar old uh, team. Uh, yeah, we're not talking about... Yeah, no, no, oh, wait. Oh, it's Card Captor Sakura. <laughs> you love it. I read it. I hate it. I really like Card Captor Sakura, especially the manga. The anime was a bit overbloated for me. Yes. 
uh, because it added a whole lot of filler, but the original manga uh, really hits home with its uh, emotional storylines and the character development for Sakura. Yes, I agree the that uh, the stories about her are good, but I still think that the best storyline is the storyline with her grandpa. Yeah, absolutely. But That's the one everyone remembers. Besides that, it's kind of faded away in my memory. As in, To be fair, I read it in one day, I believe. So I just kind of read to it pretty fast. But that's just, uh, usually I can have general plot lines still remembered. That's how I know I didn't love Cardcaptor Sakura, because I can just remember the storyline with her granddad. Understandable. Uh, the it's the, kinda, it, yeah. it is the storyline everyone remembers, but it has a lot of uh, it has a lot of really good moments uh, for me. But I, yeah, as I said, uh, I, I have made some arguments back then. But as I said, I don't remember much of it, so I can't harp on it because I don't remember. I should reread it, but that should be if we do an in-depth analysis of it. Okay. I, I still keeping want to that do that because keeping we, that in mind. Yeah, because I think. Because we are so different on the standpoint from this particular series, uh, that would make a good argument. A good episode worth yeah. of arguments. <laughs> I think we could really dig into that, yes. Also, uh, because I have a very strange relationship to Clamp. Yeah, I just have me particularly to Cardcaptor Sakura because I watched that when I was young on uh, national television. Mm -hmm. Because that I was literally six. Medicine. <laughs> Medicine. Oh, God. Casper, <laughs> you bent and spoke. <laughs> Don't bully me. You, we just talked about bullying. You can't do this to me. <laughs> hey, it's Brian's problem, not mine. <laughs> hmm. Your cat fell asleep on the donuts, by the way. <laughs> yes, he did. Momo. Momo. Uh, his ears adjust, but he ain't caring. But yeah, no. The It was okay, but as I said, the only thing of significance I remember is the grandpa storyline. The rest is kind of just faded away. As Magadayo um, is already broadly discussed. <laughs> broadly discussed. Moving on to uh, Yats, uh, yeah, Yotsubato. Yeah, same writer as As Magadayo. Um, I was about to say, there's not really much to discuss. Same quality, just a smaller character set. Literally every time a new volume comes out, I reread the entire series to catch up before I read the new volume. Fair it's, enough. I can just endlessly enjoy it because it's just pure condensed enjoy. happiness. Uh, family Man. Yeah, I mentioned this before on the podcast, actually. I can't say I recognize any of it. It's a manhwa uh, about a... That explains a lot. Yeah. I, was, I was looking at the art style and I was like, I can't place, it, uh, place this at all. Manhwa, now it all makes sense. It, it's about a father who ends up getting uh, handicapped on the job. His uh, face is uh, mangled and he is soon laid off. And he returns uh, to his city to the city feeling ashamed and he doesn't dare to confront his uh, children and his family because well he's supposed to be the breadwinner and he just lost his job and he can't find anything else uh, and it just really follows the story of him trying to regain his footing uh, regain his uh, feeling of uh, self-worth yes and that gets really fucking brutal okay uh, Fair. It, I think it would kind of personally resonate uh with you a lot. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm not facially mangled, but I'm mangled in any other sense, so... And finding an, abs uh, an absolute winner of a job is uh, kind of hard with that in mind. Um, just uh, piggybacking on everyone complaining about having degrees and not getting paid, I've got... I do got them university degrees. 
Get me some jobs, all right? And I'm going for my third and fourth. <laughs> I am amazed when I read comments that we get based on these podcasts because uh, usually from people who know me. Yes. And they send me messages like, wait, Petri has... How many black bands does Petri have? I have how many? Belts. How much has he studied? What? I don't come over as very smart as I'm a ranting asshat. <laughs> Everybody keeps getting surprised by it. Just Hey, I think that's good, right? Yeah, it's positive <laughs> surprises. Um, the next one, I'm pretty sure I've read too. You recommended it to me. I'm pretty sure that's the Hoshino Ponko to Yareko. That's the about uh, they get in depth, right? With aliens or something along those lines. Yeah, it's about a uh, uh, family uh, who. Oh yeah, it's that fucked up. <laughs> it's a very, it's a very. B- Tricky story. It's one of those episode one or well chapter one plot twist stories. Uh, its front cover looks very cute and happy. And <laughs> yes. Oh, kids with it, it uh, pulls little. Madoka. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> in the in a sense, yes. But uh, the story gets very grim. It's about this family who is just completely devastated uh, when. Uh, yeah, they're uh, a tofu shop, right? Something yeah, they like own that. a tofu shop. It's Wreck of the Tofu Shop. Bunko of the Stars and Wreck of the Tofu Shop. Yeah. Um, they run a failing business and they make a bad deal. Um, with a uh, space creature to uh, remedy that, uh, which ends up costing them more than they expected. And it turns from there into a revenge story. Yes. I was about to say, I have read this. I, I was looking at the image and I'm like, I remember this slowly. Oh <laughs> uh, man, I was I read this and it stuck around in my mind for like fucking days. It was so. I it, mean, you asked me to read it, so. Yeah, it gets so over the top and Normally it's so like, out there. Yeah, normally it's like, hey, Casper, do you have anything I should read? And then, like, you just give me a random recommendation. This one, you literally contacted me. Can you read this? Yes. <laughs> so I did. I still remember it. It's pretty messed up. Yeah, it so much happens, and, like, every new twist is like, the fuck? Yes. But also just the frank... It's, it's not, um... The frankness of some of the writing. I was about to say, it's not as bad as my, because my is... Just messed up. In oh, your handmade my <laughs> daily yes. life of my chum. Yes, that's the one. You, that is messed up for other reasons. <laughs> yeah, but that is one. Of, that's the thing you send to people if you want to read some fucking ultra violence, or if you want to get rid of them. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Hey, I want to read some manga. Ah, sure, here have some. Now never come back and ask me for more. <laughs> Moving on. Just never come back in general. <laughs> Imawabi no dakini. Yes, um, I forgot the English title um, for it. Gonna look it up real quick. Uh, this is one that I think you would enjoy because this is. Uh, oh, it's really just Iwamari no Yes, Dakin. there's no English yeah, title. That explains why I couldn't remember an English title. Uh, it's a shonen action series about a guy who teams up with a, a shrine spirit um, because they make a trade with her and um, that ends up killing his girlfriend and he wishes to have her back. Um, so she possesses her body and they team up together to fight uh, all the spirits that are leaking into the world after she has been released. Okay, this shown, uh, sounds like probably better Tayutama. <laughs> it is really cool. It's got good action, um, interesting, fun characters. Uh, also, plot twists that are just consequential. Ah, good. I like those. Hard, Hard tasty consequences. consequences. Good. Um, well, I'll keep that one really short. Uh, I'll just say that that sounds pretty interesting, but my uh, Tayutama experience probably leaves a bad exp- impression on me. Because it sounds a bit like Tayutama, and Tayutama is just fucking AIDS. 
Final time, I kiss on my deity. Oh, that one, yeah. I was about, <laughs> I was, I was about to let me help you. <laughs> I really didn't like that one. That was just plain bad and based on a visual novel and made by Silverlink. <laughs> it was oh, yeah. made by Silverlink, and I'm like, oh, you poor bastards! You came, you came from this, and you're making Nonon Biori now. My God. <laughs> okay, Jigokuse uh, Remina. Yes, Death Star Remina uh, is a Junji Ito story, sci-fi. Ah. That uh, about <laughs> about uh, a scientist who discovers a new celestial body that's entering uh, uh, that's entering like our reality, and he okay. reports this finding, and everybody's like, "Wow, amazing!" And he names it after his daughter, uh, who's Remina, and she becomes a celebrity uh, because of it. Uh, but after a while, we can realize that this thing that's entered reality is not behaving like a planetoid or even anything like it. Anything it comes by begins to disappear, and it begins heading towards Earth. And okay. that it's really a s apocalypse story about the sheer fucking panic that erupts as people uh, don't know what is going to happen or what they're up against, or if anybody exists who can clear it up for them. Okay. And that, I think that, that's up to now. That's the most interesting one to me. Yeah, Junji Ito usually known for his monsters, but here. It, is um, here he really shows off his writing chops. Fair enough. Because it's not really so much about seeing just scary, icky monster and you you disgusting. <laughs> it's really about just the characters, the panic, and society. Yes. Okay. Galgei no Sekayo Yokoso. Yes. I'm actually surprised because I thought there would be another one here, but this is also really, really good. It's a, a reverse isekai story, you could say. It's about okay. a guy who... Um, then I reverse hate it. Yes. Which might mean that's your favorite thing ever. Uh, it's about a guy who receives a bit of software, fancy plot device. Uh, and if he the discs he put in after it will become reality. And he puts in his favorite uh, dating sim. So all the characters from the dating sim enter his reality. Uh, and it kind of explores um, the consequences of that. Uh, his poorly considered consequences. Uh, because these characters begin to interact with the real world. A character who is sick is actually sick. Yes. And uh, um, it really explores how that fantasy of his, from, oh, I'm going to hang out with all my favorite uh, waifus, uh, gets kind of twisted and difficult for him and what he needs to do to remedy that. Yes. Okay. It's, re it's nice. It's an unexpected great thing. I really didn't expect to like it as much as I did, so... How many chapters does it have? It's pretty short, actually. I'm gonna click... I'm gonna click it. <laughs> 13. Okay. That's worth uh, reading for me, then. Yeah, you reached that in a... What, what's that? I, I mixed <laughs> race and read. Because <laughs> race. <laughs> what? <laughs> Reese? What the fuck did I say? You rail, you'll race through that in a jiffy. Yeah. Uh, moving on. I showed you. Yeah, you recommended me that too. Yeah, another romance story um, about an AI that helps um, out at a school uh, to make couples actually fall in love with each other. Uh, it's a bunch of short stories that do interact with each other. Characters that are helped in one storyline do still appear in the others. And it's just a bunch of really good, interesting uh, romance stories. Okay. And I really like the flip framing device uh, that is I show Joe. There Put, is down a the beer. Put down the beer. Put down the beer. You won't put down the beer. Well, I won't put down the Geneva then. Uh, there is I show Joe plus. I've literally not been able to find it yet. 
uh, consider that your quest. My god, why? Uh, you mean the manga, I suppose? I showed your plus. Please find it for me. Okay. Give me like a few minutes after this. I will give you bread. Okay. <laughs> uh, next on, Devilman G. Yeah, uh, we kind of had it uh, on the show um, two episodes ago, I think. I was about to say, there's not a lot to discuss there. No, <laughs> we literally went over all of that. Devilman Grimboar is probably the best take on the Devilman world thus far. Can I say that since the beginning, since I'm looking at your list, now we're at characters, I can finally say this. I've been annoyed by your third pick because he, <laughs> my mind instantly was like, what's Hero doing here? Wait, that's not Hero. <laughs> Wait, which Hero is that? Hero. Hero. No, no. <laughs> No, I, <laughs> uh, I was looking at him and he was like, why would he kill me? I oh no, it's, it's Blood from Cardcaptor. I am not such... <laughs> Edge boy. Oh man. Oh, that would have been the meme lord pick for me, actually. Fair. Okay. If that's the one. God, man. <laughs> got them Gundam wing. Okay, first off, we got uh, Kanji Tatsumi. Yeah. Um, I played Persona 4, um, ori originally the game. Uh, as uh, is a poorly kept secret, uh, I am uh, a not straight person. And seeing. I'm wiggly woogly. wiggly woogly all over the place. I'm wiggly woogly all over the place, boy. Don't let me get you slipping, I'll wiggly woogly my way in there too. Uh, but seeing this character, uh, seeing Kanji struggles is something I could really relate to because, well, he is uh, very heavily implied to not be uh, straight himself and he struggles to kind of uh, reconcile his. Uh, um, girlier, effeminate, and feeling feeling side uh, with his idea of what masculinity should look like. And yes. those are struggles I could pretty much relate to, even though I am a <laughs> chubby weak. Go boy. <laughs> chubby I mean, you say that, but <laughs> I'm a literal drum. Yeah. I uh, do not have mas much masculinity to go around, but I could very much, like, understand what he's going through and that at this point you're comfortable with who you are yeah and i do think that playing persona 4 was certainly a contribution to that yeah i'm, I'm me <laughs> i turned 15 and i'm like fuck everything i know exactly who i am uh but not everyone has it that easy i suppose big ball of battery big ball of battery yeah there's a lot of me he'll yes. go around <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, one that I also really like, Yasuko uh, Takasu. Yeah, Yasu from uh, Toradora. Uh, we already sang uh, Toradora's praises just earlier, but Yasu is my favorite character from that series. She's obviously still a young mother that still needs to emotionally develop, and she does throughout the show. Yeah. You see her as trying to be this grown-up that provides for her son, and by the end of the show you can uh, tell that uh, she obviously it wasn't ready for all that no she is yeah pretty much that she's tracked into motherhood very early on uh abandoned uh by the father but still very affectionate towards him yep and kind of the, a lot of the show builds on that immaturity of her she's kind of painted as uh, comedic irresponsible uh but towards the end of the series you really get to appreciate that she is a mother and she does know what she's doing and what she wants there are uh, obviously struggles. What she, yeah, what she wants for her son. There are struggles, but she uh, obviously has... Uh, she knows what she wants. But she, she also shows it's really hard to get where she wants to go. Yeah. 
and uh, it kind of pokes fun at her in a lot of ways but then you realize oh wait this part that's meant to be fun like oh she's always going out partying no that that's her job yes that's the only thing she can do she is uh the yeah how do you say this nicely uh, uh service girl yeah she is implied to be uh of the uh, female service industry yes um yeah i really like how uh yeah there's just reality she has to face and uh, she has to roll with it. And she faces that hard. Uh, yep. I really appreciate a later scene uh, where they're kind of confronted with uh, that she has her own uh, thoughts on how these kids should be behaving when she actually takes charge. Uh, it catches people off guard. Yep. And she gets the best payoff uh, towards the final episodes. May it be clear that we both really like Toradora as we keep getting stuck on Toradora things. <laughs> <sighs> Oh, okay. I should read the visual novel at what some point. I believe you gave the it to me. Version. Yeah, you gave it yes. to me. You have it. Toya Kinomoto. Yep. Uh, God got the Sakura. Petri probably has some thoughts on it himself, but I really respect. Uh, he is literally the older brother you dream of. <laughs> yeah. And He's literally the most dreamy motherfucker. Yes, and I am myself uh, an older brother. Regrettably, <laughs> for the both of us. Hey, I'm very happy I'm not because I'm already broken enough as it is. I couldn't imagine a younger brother. Yeah, he's uh, he is really caring and really cool, and I could appreciate how to the edgy degree I might add. He's edgily uh, caring. He is not the a usual older brother. Is a bit of a dickhead. Yeah, he does. Uh, he does poke fun at his sister. He has little play fighting and such, but uh, when he has to come true, he always does come true hard. Yep. And uh, I think that's a really good present uh, depiction of how brother sister uh, relationships go when you're not battery and <laughs> his sister. <laughs> Don't talk about my sister, man. She can hear you. <laughs> okay. Um, next, I hate her name already. Nuku Nuku. <laughs> Yes, Nuku Nuku from uh, <laughs> Nuku Nuku. <laughs> oh no, sorry, let me get that title correctly. All-purpose cultural cat girl Nuku Nuku. <laughs> God damn it. No, Nuku Nuku is uh, originally a little kitten. Um, she is shot. Uh, uh, she's shot in a chase uh, when a criminal is on the run. And uh, she's put in the uh, in a suit, which is an experimental robot suit, um, and does brought to life as a person, the all-purpose good draw cat girl. And it's a superhero story about how she integrates with his family and kind of tries to help them um, sort out uh, their family problems uh, because it's a divorced family. Yeah. And uh, it does so with uh, shonen, uh, a good shonen, light-hearted tone, uh, with lots of explosions it could have been made by Gainax effectively okay but uh, she is a very interesting and lovable character uh, so lovable in fact that they remade the series three times in the span of like three years oh my well a going on to Goat Boy <laughs> I know he has a name but I'll call him Goat Boy what can I say Kojiro Sasahara from Nichio yes Goat Boy another character that's really on it just for the sheer comedic potential he is Fucking perfect. he is absolutely perfect. He's a farmer with a fucking Napoleon complex. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> he and uh, he thinks he's Midas, but he sure as shit ain't. <laughs> um uh, Sasuke Furuta. 
Yes, Sasuke Furuta. Uh, he is from uh, Yogamono. He's the main protagonist, and uh, he starts out as this very, very minor itchy nose. As a very minor lord. He starts out as an itchy nose. <laughs> as a minor lord under Oda Nobunaga, and he is obsessed with treasure, uh, little tea treasures and collectibles. Yes. Um, kind of, kind of a mockery in Oda Nobunaga's court, but it follows his kind of rise and maturity as he begins taking his work seriously as his uh, kudos, uh, no, his skills as an artist are beginning to become uh, recognized and he becomes in pa part in, uh, he becomes a part of an art new artistic movement developing in Japan. Okay. And he is such a good character. He's so expressive. Um, his love, uh, his passions really shine through, uh, but also just is more human ties, uh, his absolute devotion, love to his wife. I just have to say that his uh, picture almost make it look like someone uh, dumped uh, a pot of sake on his head. Uh, they, uh, it's a pineapple. Ah, they shoved the pineapple on his head. <laughs> ah, I was about to say because there's juice down his face, and I'm not entirely oh, sure. What's that guy called again? Tokugawa, Iyasu Tokugawa. Yes. Uh, he tries to impress Iyasu Tokugawa at one point, and he has this fabulous uh, meal uh, with all kinds of exotic foods and uh, all laid out in like uh, carved out pineapples. And Tokugawa gets mad because he uh, thinks soldiers should have modest uh, foods, yeah. uh, soldiers' meal. So he flips everything off the table, puts the pineapple on his head, and just Leaves. mocks. Uh, mocks uh -huh. uh, yeah, that sounds like an asshole move uh, that Tokugawa would do. <laughs> that sounds very Tokugawa. Yeah, but that's, um, uh, that's kind of an uh, that's kind of an example of how he grows as a person because his first he's just this minor lord who's just kind of playing around with his tea sets, uh, but he soon becomes like a diplomatic uh, center for. He almost sounds like uh, uh, one of the Russian Tsars. Uh, with, uh, oh god, I know what you mean. The little man boy. The man boy with uh, where uh, the woman was just like, nah, I'm ruling this country. This motherfucker can't even walk. Yeah, that was Ka that was Catherine the Great. Yeah, I think it was Peter. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was a kind of mockery. Special note: uh, Sasuke Fruta was actually a real person. Yes, I know. He's uh, the story is actually based on his life story, slightly fictionalized in places, but very accurate to I, boo. I, I was about to say, of was. course, it's fictionalized because. Not a lot accurate from back then. Uh, Shinobu Oshino. You say the <laughs> name wrong. Do the full name. Nope. <sighs> You'll have to do it yourself. Kiss shot Acerola Orion hard under blade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't really like her character most of the time. It is a bit deceptive because I like her mostly for her Kizumonogatari yeah. uh, storyline. Where full... she actually has impact. Yeah. Uh, she gets a bit uh, flanderized as the series goes on, but uh, her initial story of her being this mighty vampiress uh, and how she comes to relate to this human boy who saves her life uh, is really interesting and um, it's probably what makes Kizumonogatari my favorite part. Yeah, and from there it kind of stays strong. It, it's kind of sad because how later you get in the series, the less she is actually of importance. Yeah, she has her peaks in Kizumonogatari. She has a few good moments in Bakumonogatari still, and then in the second series, in second series, and there's the that is the big payoff for her. Yeah, then we have Mayu Hachikuji. Yeah, same show. <laughs> same show. Yeah, I think I don't have many shows that have two characters on there, but yeah, her payoff is nice. Yeah, absolutely. 
She's, uh, I kind of make a She has very strong comedic potential. Uh, she's kind of the joke character in the harem show that is Monogatari. Uh, because she's just this little girl with a giant backpack. Her design is so solid. It's, it's just literally a, a, a great schooler. Yes. She's just a great schooler. Oh man, and I, I felt so stupid when I first finally got the joke. Oh yeah, that's that her spirit animal is a, a is a snail, and that's why she has the giant backpack yeah. and why she always falls over and shit. She's just, it's literally physically that's, a snail. That's also why she never really seems to go anywhere. Oh, good point, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but her storylines are really good every time she comes up. Uh, compared to Shinobu, uh, who gets kind of like a background character who is always there but doesn't really have too much impact. Every time that. Uh, Mayoi is relevant uh, in the storyline. It's really important. Yes. I really liked her. Moving on to Signum. This is the face of a man who knows what the show is from. Hello, we're back to Lyrical Manoa. <laughs> I seriously look once at her and I'm like, yeah, this, this cannot be anything different than fucking Nanoha. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so uh, you said something about the character designs changing. Eh? Well, yes. fuck you. <laughs> now fuck you. <laughs> that was some power in that one. Now Signum is uh, is one of the knights that is summoned in uh, Lyrical Anima Age to help um, her new master, and she uh, has kind of the leadership role over the knights. We're all younger than her, but uh, that also means that she carries a lot of the emotional weight of the story and she becomes a rival to fate and kind of begrudgingly so because she has a lot of respect for fate uh, but also just stays in a knightly honor that well as much as I appreciate you if you get him our way uh, I will have to slay and kill you to defend my master moving on to Sela Mass Oi mind your fucking words then mate no what you gotta do? <laughs> I'm, I'm Go wiggly woogly on me! <laughs> <laughs> I tried to kick you, but I missed. <laughs> Good. I wouldn't have felt it either way. I am not the biggest fan of Gundam, uh, but Sailor Mass, I've seen Gundam The Origin and I've seen the original Gundam series. And Sela is really one of the most interesting characters. Uh, she is the sister to the main rival, uh, Char Asnable. And in Gundam The Origin, you really get to respect her character because where you see in Gundam The Origin the uh, really the story that precedes the original Gundam and how that shapes Char. And you really get the different perspectives. Everything that makes Char fiercer, uh, angrier, and more of uh, the ultimate soldier he would later become. All of those events also happen to Saline. You see how it shapes her in an entirely different and more emotional way. Yeah, it's, uh, the non-mainline Gundam series almost have uh, almost always have an analog to her. Like uh, Zero Zero has uh, uh, what's her name? The chick that loses her arm. I'm a, I'm a little uh, bit at a loss. Of I don't mind you that I didn't like Zero Zero. <laughs> yeah. She's uh, the, um, uh, one of the girls in that show and um, she also wants nothing to do with the war, but after uh, the, they fucked her shit up, she's kind of like, oh, I'm gonna murder every little son of a bitch that's connected to this stupid conflict. So uh, yeah, kind of sounds like that. Yes. And Not in the same drastic way, but... And in the actual Gundam series, she uh, ends up joining White Base and actually 
put uh, that actually puts her militarily against her own brother. Yes. And it starts to. It's really interesting to see how this psychotic warrior is still tied down by his sister. I just want to say, next character, uh, they done and dirty. They gave <laughs> the new fucking image. Kichi Mayabara. Mayabara. Mayabara-san. <laughs> I got the pronoun wrong, didn't I? Is that a pronoun? No, it's an honorific. Honorific, I got the names wrong. Keiichi Maibara <laughs> Yeah, Keiichi Maibara is the protagonist for Higurashi, and well, it kind of, kind of speaks for itself that uh, one of my favorite shows, literally my highest rated show, probably also has the protagonist on the list of favorites. Which is doubly interesting because normally it's a visual novel, so the main character really is more of an analog of you, so you put yourself more on this list than this character. Yes, but uh, Maibara is really his own character in the visual novel. You don't really make choices in the visual novels. It's uh, Fair enough. It's uh, just straight line. Get fucked. Uh, <laughs> but in the anime, I think they really ex uh, extrapolated on him a lot. And um, it's interesting because you kind of assume him to be in, uh, an audience fill-in. Uh, but as you go on, uh, start to understand that he ha also has his own story. Yeah. And... Uh, he is one of the sensible characters. <laughs> yeah, he ends up really being like your anchor in the Higurashi storyline. And well, I, I would more say like an anchor to reality instead of the absolute ridiculousness that's happening in this village. I yeah, was about it, to ask, did you just get scared <laughs> by your own beer? <laughs> but uh, you got booped in the nose. I got booped in the nose. It's also gone. Um, so, yeah, he's, uh, yeah. It, it's interesting seeing he's the outsider to... Hinomizawa, and you get to see everything new through his eyes uh, before it then delves into different perspectives where you see it from characters who have already lived there. Fair enough. Uh, moving on to Filionel uh, El Dissalyun. At least I <laughs> I assume that's how it's said. Uh, yes, Saloon, the city that literally can't keep its name the same in any <laughs> adaptation of uh, Slayers, but uh, yeah, he is effectively the king of. Uh, the main city in Slayers, okay. and he is fucking hilarious. He is—he completely fucks me up. Just could you say he's like uh, from Avatar uh, Boomy? Um, in a way, yes. Yes, that's, this, that's the kind of the vibe I'm getting from this image alone. There's this one scene um, in one of the early episodes uh, where they accidentally release like a well of spirits, and spirits begin haunting the entire city, causing ruckus. And then at one point, it cuts the. Uh, they would run past, uh, run past him, and he's just sitting in the streets with a bunch of these ghosts, just telling them stories. And at one point, the ghost realizes, "Oh wait, we've got a fight." And he grabs the ghosts, just <laughs> physically. No, no, I was about to teach you the meaning of life. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's beautiful. And since then, I've loved the man so much. All Might or uh, Toshinohiyaki. Yeah, I think you can totally agree. Oh, yes. Yeah. See, he is literally the embodiment for that anime. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, this is uh, All Might from My Hero Academia, for those who aren't in the shonen, sensible person that you are. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, but, yeah, really interesting character for a superhero story because you kind of, as you see the rise of Deku... You see uh, the fall off. You see his fall. He's just literally declining as you watch him. As you see... Uh, <laughs> Deku become inhuman, you see him become more human. Yeah, but also just human literally on the edge of his life. Yes. 
but also his vulnerabilities, his actual opinions about stuff. Um, yeah, it's interesting to see. It, it it really is just this superhero character uh, who is slowly becoming vulnerable, and that is so fascinating. Hibari Ozora and emotional. Yeah. Because he gets the best emotional payoffs. Every time oh, yeah. you think he's done, like in season one, you're almost certain, like, okay, this is it for him. Now Deku has to step up. Hell no, he still gets, like, the <laughs> biggest... The fucking season two finale! <laughs> oh, and the season three finale. He stays relevant for so much longer, but you really know that he's living, doing all of this on borrowed time. Yes. Uh, moving on, then, to Hibari Uzora. Yeah, that's really a LGBT icon uh, for I anime. I was about to say, I was really stupid. I was like, who the fuck is this? And then I was like, Hibari-kun. It is uh, Stop Hibari-kun. Yes. And uh, the standard joke is the show has got Stop Hibari-kun, but nothing Stops can stop Hibari-kun. Hibari uh, Ozara is the only son to a mafia family, uh, Yakuza family, I should say, destined to inherit the business. Uh, but uh, either crossdresser or just straight transgender it's a 60s show so the language isn't as clear on that yet uh, but uh, she tries to live life as a woman and uh, begins to catch the eye of a boy who moves in with the family after his mother dies uh, old uh, lover of the mafia boss and uh, they become something of a couple uh, he is constantly hesitant uh, but also just slowly beginning to think that maybe this does work. But Hibari is really super confident. A real tough girl who stands up against all the bullying she endures and what people try to inflict on her. And I think that's really powerful for a 60s anime. Fair. Uh, delving into LGBT topics way before those became mainstream as they are now. That's really powerful. And I still appreciate it for that to this day. Ayuma Kasuga. Osaka. Osaka. Nani <laughs> otenne? Uh, is hilarious, and Osaka is just the most endearing, lovable character in there. Okay. I don't uh, think that needs too much explanation. We've already rant about how much we love Azumanga. Yep. Um, fuck you, I hate her name. Rosehip. Why would you hate that? Oh, come on! <laughs> how not? <laughs> this is a dumbass name! No. <laughs> what do you mean? No. <laughs> Argument, motherfucker. Uh, all the uh, British girls in Girls and Panzer are named after T's. And Rosehip is a character I vibe well with because her thing is speed. As in the drugs or no. the actual movement? The velocity. She the has velocity? A, she has a mother tank. No brakes. All speed. All the time. The only... Speak limits are in your heart. Uh, okay, fair enough. There's my, I'm pretty sure since it's Girls and Panzer that she doesn't have much more character to her than that, so moving on, Mika. Uh, Mika is the Finnish commander for Girls and Panzer. Fuck you. <laughs> I like how you were just like, yeah, I don't have many shows, but multiple characters on this list. And this is literally the second one. I see another two and I see another one. <laughs> Eat a dick. No, you eat a dick! <laughs> Maybe I will! <laughs> Good! Enjoy it! <laughs> Fine. Mi uh, Mika, watch Girls and Panzer the film. Please don't. Satoru Fujinuma. Erased is fucking cool. It is! <laughs> no, let's be serious for a moment. Erased is really interesting. It's the story of this guy who's completely uh, living think, life on autopilot. I think that this is the character that 
emotionally matures the most in the least amount of uh, episodes. Yeah. That's why I was so amazed, because I thought, well, I'm gonna like Erased. Erased seems so fucking cool, but it's probably really long. I should probably make time for it, but it's a really short series, and yes. it does so much development, and it does so without rushing or skipping. The, the pace is perfect. Yeah. I don't think I have ever watched a show where the pace is so constant. It never feels like there's a dead moment. There never feels like they rush the shit out of things. No. It just does. <laughs> yeah, he's a... It's very fascinating to watch him, uh, like, re literally retry on his life. Uh, because the race is about this guy who lives life on aut autopilot, who's doing a shitty dead-end job, um, and his relationship with everybody he ever knew has been soured because he's traumatized over the death of a girl. It's kind of banana-like, isn't it? But he has superpowers. He gets <laughs> to get... Incoherent superpowers because he doesn't choose when to use them. But whenever a uh, tragedy around him strikes, he uh, sees it before it happens, or rather, he sees it happen and he can go back and rectify it. Yes, and when his mother is then killed, uh, it sends him back to... Fuck ton of time! Yeah, like 1986, I believe, 1987? Something along those I lines, believe, yes. I believe it's like the last time the Olympics were in Japan. Yeah, I believe so. Um, and uh, he gets to retry not just his mother, saving his mother, but also just fixing uh, the trauma that was inflicted on him in his childhood when his uh, classmate died. Yes. Classmates. Should oh. specify. Hikaru Shina. Yeah, Figure 17, I just described it as being my Anahana, and now we've been talking about Erased and how it's like Anahana. This is getting <laughs> a little bit redundant. Yeah. Uh, no, it's a really emotional series, and Hikaru Shina is the clone version of the main character, Tsubasa. Uh, of course uh, she's called Wings. <laughs> Sorry, had to. Um, yeah, not much to say, I think. Besides that, I'm gonna click this phone call away. <laughs> oh dear, he's getting called. Um, moving on to Ozu. Yeah, we've already discussed him too, Tatami Galaxy. He is yeah. the uh, annoying, helpful, unhelpful friend that may or may not be God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ozu is really. I love you can't really discuss him in. He... You can't really discuss him in depth without spoiling huge chunks of Tatami Galaxy. No, I just want to say that I uh, like how much you know about him and yet how mysterious he stays throughout the show. Even by the end, then when you have uh, when everything is in a row and you uh, know everything, he's still like he's still that wild card that could go in any which way, actually. Yeah, and it maintains that even in the OVAs, and probably gonna be very interesting, uh, because I read the new, the synopsis of the new season, and it really starts off with him breaking the AC in the middle of summer ah. for the entire apartment complex. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, so yeah, I look forward to what more lies in store, even Ma if I'm a bit worried about the new season. Fair. Makoto Kino. Everybody has their favorite sailor, right? Right. 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 What's, what's your favorite? I'm not telling. Fuck you. Mars. Nice. I like Solid Mars. choice. I mean, I can just choose from the first sailors because, you know, I haven't watched the other seasons in fucked mm. all of time. No, I really like Makoto. Uh, hopeless romantic, but just, uh, uh, I really dig her character design. And I just realized I might have an, um, a sister complex. <laughs> Choosing <What>? Mars. <laughs> <laughs> Mars is an enormous <laughs> bitch! <laughs> Just like a certain other woman! <laughs> Hello, welcome to the main protagonist <laughs> podcast where Petri discovers dormant fetishes. 
Well, well, it ain't a fetish, but... In the oh same God. in the same line, uh, Makoto, tall, strong, independent, hopeless romantic. Perfect. Perfect Moving sailor. on to uh, Schnuffkin. But I respect your choice for Mars. I like Mars. Even if it's slightly concerning now. <laughs> yes! Now that I thought about it, why? I think we can both agree on Snufkin. Yes. Yeah, it's not... Moomin. We love Moomin. We Moomin love is amazing. Fucking love Moomins. Uh, Snufkin is really Snufkin is really cool. It's uh, he's the anchor of the group, pretty he, much. Yeah, and the frank writing of Moomins really shines true in him. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Moomin don't give a shit. Let that be clear. Yes, but he's an he's an adventurer and he's happy to have people come along. He's nice. He's friendly. He's helpful, uh, but he does have his limits when people start getting quite. He, he has bothered. a social battery. Yes, and uh, it just fucks off. Once a year, or not even once a year, for like half a year to just yes. vibe on his own. I can totally Vagabond. get that. Yeah, he's a, mm. he's a character who really sticks by his own ideals, and I kind of like that. Moving on to Mirio Togata, your second second character from a second series. Uh, that would make third, you absolute... Wait, Buffoon? Actually <laughs> <laughs> counting! It would make three, you fucked art. Well, then you have another two. Uh, yeah, Mr. Yeah. Vermillion, what, uh, what was his real name? Uh, Lemillion. Lemillion. Yeah, he's, he becomes uh, kind of a counterpart to Deku in My Hero Academia in one of the later seasons. As in, he is super gifted physically, but he has a shitty ass power, but he makes the best of what he got. Yeah, absolutely. He has a difficult power. Like, what, what's it even? He can face himself through objects. But he loses all sense of where he is, what yes. he is. He has nothing and he can't face in unless he knows he is uh, without matter. Problem is he has to ma make that judgment entirely on its own without any senses to rely on. So yeah, very, very limiting power. Also a very fun one. It's a very interesting one to think about and to see in, nude. To see in action. Oh yeah, that also definitely <laughs> helps. He's also just a fun, he's also a comedic character, really yes. the emotional core of season four. And uh, it's interesting to see just uh, how he becomes kind of a partner to Deku. Yes. An unexpected partner too, because you're kind of ex assuming the uh, Bakugo-Deku combi. Oh god, no. I never expected them to really, really? combine, honestly. He, he doesn't have the Vegeta vibes. He doesn't want to be good. <laughs> Deku just, or Bakugo just goes when he goes. And there ain't no stopping him. And if he does what he does, well, good luck. Bye. <laughs> Have a nice day. If someone from that group would team up with him, I would uh, say... Uh, uh, I always forget his name. Parted hair, dude. Fucked up face. <laughs> you know who I mean. Yeah, I do, but... Fire and ice, man. <laughs> oh, man. I'm not got caught up with the new season yet. Yeah, I mean, he's from the first season, so... Yeah, I know that he's there, but I haven't had the refresher nah. in a while. I'm kind of no, tuned fair. out of Hero Academia right now. Um, yeah, I, if someone would team up with him, I would guess that would be him. Because Bakugo and... Uh, they just fall out of each other. They don't mesh. And they know. But they are still this kind of obligation because they know each other. Yeah. That's more what they represent. So, yeah. And the million just really gets... Relation uh, by obligation. Yes! And Lamillion gets inserted into the series really nicely. Yeah, much more smoothly. Yes. A lot of uh, all two of his classmates are also really cool. 
the can little team they form. Yes. Can we uh, combine Oscar van Reutenthal and uh, Paul Noberstein? Steve? Yes. Because they're the same show. It's really difficult to kind of discuss these characters without delving into spoilers. They're both brilliant strategians uh, for the Empire. Um, and especially Paul is interesting. Uh, Oberstein is very... Uh, I think you would be able to respect him really well because he's very tuned out emotionally. He does what needs to be done to Fair. steer the Empire to victory. He will lie to people. He will uh, betray people. He will Spit just, in not, your drink. just not give information. Uh, he's very secretive like that. And you're constantly kind of worrying like, what is? what are his real goals? Is he really doing this just for the Empire? What's, what's his endgame? Precisely. I really like that in him. And Oscar is just a straight, strong, brilliant commander uh, who kind of really gels poorly with uh, Oberstein. Like, all the commanders are okay. really bad with him. I'm going uh, to just interrupt because uh, we're just, we still need two things, two categories. And uh, we are uh, pretty high up on time already. All right. <laughs> no. Blaze uh, Like the Heroes is just this brilliant series, and these characters are just two of the finest. Uh, very nice for the circumstances they are given. Yeah, and especially Overstein is fascinating just okay. throughout the entire series. Moving on to Staff. Masakazu Katsura. Yeah, fortunately this is a lot fewer. Uh, Masakazu Katsura is really... Uh, he is a brilliant artist uh, who's really kept the 90s vibe uh, going. Uh, even in his anime today, he made DNA 2, uh, Video Girl Eye. A lot of these very... Uh, these series that have really striking character designs that immediately grab your attention like oh this looks like cool sci-fi okay um yukari tamura speaks for itself yeah literally my favorite <laughs> my favorite my favorite voice actress lyrical nanoa um uh, she is uh, rika she does so many of show so many of the most lovable uh, main characters in some of my favorite series inevitable that she turns up katsuhiro otomo also Entirely speaks for itself. Yeah, nobody is gonna contest you on Katsuhiro Otomo. <laughs> Kiyohiko Azuma. Yep, writer behind uh, Yotsuba and Azumanga Daio, literally in his name. Yep. Uh, yeah, just a fantastic comedy writer. I've checked out some of his other stuff, and a lot of his series are just straight good comedy. Even at its fucking weakest, it's still hilarious. Uh, he just keeps churning them out, and I'm amazed. And his drawings are so expressive. Yotsuba is just so fun because all the expressive characters his style lies in simplicity anyway yes it's it's the simplicity how simplistic he draws makes it uh stand out more but not in a bad way there's just not a lot of shading and such to uh most of what he does moving True. on to kukyo shinja oh, just mentioned him earlier when we were talking about furamapura He's the author behind a lot of good comedy series, including Miss Kobayashi Dragon Maid, and I can't understand what my husband is saying. Uh, just a fantastic jokester in terms of comedy. He has a good sense of what's fun, uh, a really strange sense for storytelling and character designs. Like, all his stories have such weird concepts and hilarious characters, and I'm just constantly amazed by what he turns out. Mayumi Shintani. Um, a bit of a smaller voice actress, but one that you're very familiar with. She uh, features in a lot of uh, Gainax stuff. Uh, no Non in Kill la Kill. Uh, she was the scientist in Promare. 
Yeah. Uh, I really like that voice. You know, she has this very raspy voice, uh, which just instantly makes her recognizable in anything she stars in. Fair enough. And it's such a unique sound that I'm just, in, every time I see it, I'm like, yeah. Susumu Higasawa. Have you listened to this man's music? <laughs> Moving on then. <laughs> Masaomi Ando. Also kind of speaks for itself. Uh, Masaomi Ando, do you know him? Uh, I am aware of him. He made Scum's Wish. Yeah, um, and I was also about to say, I'm aware of this man. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm surprised that you just immediately accepted it, actually, without... Uh, <laughs> oh, yes, I, I, uh, his family name, Ando, at least his for a Really given recognizable. Ando, I was like, I know this man. Yeah, he <laughs> is a very interesting director and very new talent, and he's doing such fantastic work with his series. Uh, that includes Scum's Wish, which has some of the best directing work I've seen in a while. Uh, I'll die if I... Um uh, I'll fucking die on the hill uh, to fight anybody who says come wish is bad. I'm kind of at a loss for what the other show was called. Ah, oh, yeah, that's it. Hakumei Tamikachi uh, kind of takes that skillful directing and applies it to uh, a fancy slice of life and it just works wonders. I've seen this man tackle a few genres now and I look forward to everything else he's gonna do. Koichi Mashimo. Koichi Mashimo. Ah, yes, that's the founder of B-Train. Uh, we can kind of skip B-Train when we get to it. Uh, in the studios list. Yes. Uh, Coach Mashimo um, was a very experimental director. He's retired now. Um, who really wanted to foster talent, kind of like what uh, Kyoto Animation is doing these days. And just B-Train was just his fucking child project. It uh, was a fantastic studio that tackled a lot of interesting series. Metabots. Metabots. Uh, the Girls With Guns trilogy, which is Mad Lax, Noir, and El Cazador. Uh, lots of things that you wouldn't see in other other anime um, studios tackle. Lots of original work. I just really respect the man for being this fresh air. I can't argue with that. I've seen uh, some of his anime and I generally like everything he puts out, so... Kira Vincent Davis! Well, kind of speaks for herself too, I think. <laughs> Lucy from Elphalete, another voice actress that uh, has a voice that just instantly grabs me whenever I hear it. Um, don't see much of her these days, but also because I'm um, not uh, always turning into dubs anymore. It's kind of a 50-50 these days. Yes. But uh, I really look forward to hearing more of her. Okay. Um, go, Nagai. <coughs> Devilman, cutie honey. <laughs> not love to say. Violent Jack. This man has made so many series and he has been so influential in advancing anime, uh, making it more open to uh, more violent, sexy series. Uh, he's done a lot for the medium and he continues to work uh, to this day. And uh, it's kind yeah. of admirable to see this motherfucker who is still writing his fucking giant robot stories. He's still making Mazinger. <laughs> okay. He's well. constantly making new spin-offs and stuff. He's done so much. He, he can have fun and just make his robot stories for all eternity. Fair I'm enough. happy with him. Moving on to the last category, studios. Yep. And we've already gone over B-Train for mostly. Uh, and you have only one other on there, and that is Shaft. What can I say? I love artsy anime, and Shaft is the most prolific studio pushing for artsy visuals. Still pushing for artsy visuals. <laughs> because I, I'd like to make an argument for Triangle. <laughs> yeah. Never. But they are uh, long gone. 
Yeah, ever since Lepotre de Petit Cosset, it has been just one amazing looking show after the other with Shaft. Fair. I applaud that. That's really amazing. Okay, well, that took a whopping uh, almost two hours. <laughs> this is why I'm happy that we didn't tack it on to the episode last time. No, dear God, no. Uh, oh. Although I didn't argue with a whole lot because, well, most things I haven't watched and I can't argue with everything since uh, most, most things that I have, which I recognize, I also like. So. Oh, you straight up agree because... Most of it is pretty nice. I mean, kind of the same with me uh, when we did my list. Yeah, absolutely. So. <laughs> That's when we also ran into Toradora and... Uh, <laughs> Fair enough. But uh, yeah, this uh, would be uh, the first bonus episode. Yeah, of, uh, one of MVP. probably many. Some, yeah. some of which may be two hours. Some of which may not. May not. Ooh. We uh, will have some other specials. And uh, I hope you look forward to our uh, next episode. Yeah. Have a nice day. Have a nice day and goodbye.